So on today's show, we've got 10 top tips from 10 global business gurus. Wow. Be ready for those. Get a paper and pen handy. They're going to make a real difference to you. Hey everybody, this is Trevor Lee and this is episode 220 of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. Now there have been some amazing guests. If you're a regular listener, you'll know all about this over the last few months, last couple of years even on the podcast. And so um, I'm also taking part this week, which is week commencing June the 13th when this goes out, in a local business festival here in the UK. I'm doing an online session and I'm basing it around 10 of the great tips that I've been given and you've been given as listeners by the people who've been on the podcast. Now, for regular listeners, you'll know I always end when I've got a guest on and say, come on, give us a couple of top tips that listeners can implement straight away. So I thought, hey, it might be useful for you, the listener, as well as the people who are going to come on the online session I'm doing, uh, which is going out on Tuesday, the 14th of June, just to round up 10 of those top tips. And as you know, you may have heard one or two of them before. If you're a regular listener, you will have done. But nevertheless, just put them into context and that sort of thing. So that's what we've got on today's show. Okay, so let's get cracking and let's start with Alex Goldfain, tip number one. Now, for those of you who heard Alex on the podcast, Alex uh, talked about a, a book he's got and a concept called Pick Up the Phone and Sell. And, you know, one of the things we're not very good at in business is using the phone, isn't it? Let's face it. How many of us rely or people rely on email? And then we wonder why we never get through to anybody. So here was Alex's top tip. And Alex's top tip was simply this. Call your existing customers when there's no real reason for calling them. In other words, don't wait till a problem comes along or you've got to check an order they've placed or whatever it might be. Just call them. Just make that call to your existing customers. Just have a general chat with them. Find out what's going on. And hey, you might be really surprised what might come out of that call. But the important thing is it's a call. It's a phone call. It's not an email, a message, a text or whatever. It's, it's an actual genuine phone call. And, you know, I think, well, haven't we got out of the habit of using the phone as a really powerful business tool? We shy away from it, don't we? I've been working with a couple of people recently, uh, coaching them on how to use the phone. And I'm amazed, you know, they go, they go oh, I really don't want to make the phone. Who are you ringing up then? These aren't people making cold calls. These are people calling uh, existing customers about things that are already happening with that customer. And they say, oh, I prefer to email them. Oh, come on, you know. So anyway, tip number one then from Alex Goldfain, pick up the phone. It will make a difference and you will get more sales. Right, let's move on. So Claire Boscott has been on the phone, uh, been on the phone, <laughs> been on the podcast a couple of times. Claire is a mystery shopping expert. So here's Claire's top tip, which again, I think is really relevant for all businesses. It's just check in on what it's like to be a customer of yours. You know, how often do you do that? How often do you mystery shop yourself? How often do you sit down with your team and say, right, what's it like to be a customer of ours? How easy is it to find us? How easy is it to buy from us? What are the barriers that stop people buying from us? All those sort of things, really, really important. So that's that's number two of our 10 top tips is check what it's like to be a customer and really do it often, you know, at least once a month. Maybe once a quarter of you really have to push it, but do it. You don't have to hire mystery shoppers to make this happen. In fact, you know, sometimes you can get better value by just thinking about it yourselves and maybe getting your mates to ring up your business, whatever it might be. Right, tip number three, Lisa McLeod. Now, Lisa, Lisa's concept is called selling with a noble purpose. And one of the tips Lisa gave was to a question. And that question was simply this. 
How do we make a difference to our customers? So there we go. That's a question to ask yourselves with your team. So sit down with your team. And if you're an independent business on a one, you know, one person business, sit down with yourself and just answer that question. How do you make a difference to your customers? You know, because, you know, we, we all focus, don't we, on ourselves and our products and our services. But what is, the, what is the outcome for them if they work with you? You know, what is that difference? It's a really big question and it will give you lots of clarity. It also help with your marketing campaigns because whatever answer you come up with, clearly that should be a big message on your website, a big message in your marketing campaigns, all that sort of stuff. So there we go. Lisa's question. How do you make a difference to your customers? Right. Number four, Umar Hamid. Now, Umar is a very clever chap. He's, uh, he, he, was wearing, he, he wears a T-shirt called Applied Neuroscience. Okay, <laughs> But the thing that the big message that Umar gave out when he came on the podcast was to think like an A player. And I think if we translate that into, you know, we talk about A players and A games, you know, and being on our A game. So the message he was getting out is that every time we have a customer interaction, we need to be on our A game. So that customer feels as though you are right on it when you're talking to them. It's not just an inconvenience. You know, you're not just going through the motions. But really, they are the most important interaction you've had that day. So you're on your best A game. And that's why when I work with people and I say, OK, so you've got to make these contacts, these interactions with your customers, potential customers. So when are you at your best during the day? You know, is it first thing in the morning? Is it midday? Is it lunchtime? Is it you know, in the afternoon, whenever it is, because that's when you need to do those interactions, when you're on top of your game. So for me, that would be first thing in the morning, first couple of hours of the day, that would be when I'm most on my A game. So think about when you're most, you know, most energized, most, you know, that's when you can be on your A game. That's when you need to be making your customer interactions. Right, number five, Sean Rhodes. Now, if you listen to this episode, this is a few months ago now, but Sean used to be a war correspondent, and now he's taken what he saw and observed on the battlefield into a business consultancy situation. And his, his uh, business is called Bulletproof Selling. And he's got a question for you to ask yourselves. And this is a question to ask yourselves whenever you've done a pitch or a presentation or you've done an interaction with a client. Ask yourself this question. What would I have done differently? Now I know what happened during the pitch or, set or presentation or whatever it might be. Because, you know, we can learn so much, can't we, by just asking that question. Think about it. So you do a presentation, you do a pitch, you do a sales call. And, OK, it could go your way. Great. It might not go your way. You know, it doesn't always go your way, as you well know. So ask yourself that question, regardless of whether it went your way or not. What would I have done differently if I'd have known how it was all going to go? And you can learn so much from that, particularly, of course, when you next make a, a similar pitch or call or presentation. So big question again to ask yourself from Sean, what would I have done differently? And ask it after every interaction with a client or potential client, and you will suddenly gain so much knowledge about what you can do next and learn a lot. Right, next up, Michael Reddington. Tip number six, Michael has a company called Inquasive. And really what Michael's talking about is listening skills. That's where, you know, that's where he's coming from. And Michael's statement really, or top tip if you like, was, was simply this, stop listening to ourselves and start listening to customers. You know, and we all say, oh, yeah, it's really obvious, isn't it? You know, we need to listen. But do we? Are we really? And what about our sales teams in particular? How good are they at listening? Or is it all about talking? Hey, you know, this is a great product. You'll love this. You know, and, and you, you know, you interrupt people and you just go bang it on and on and on and on, you know. So whenever I work with salespeople, when I do sales coaching, particularly one-to-one -one sales coaching with people, 
I have two things for them to work on. One is their questions, and secondly is the way they listen to the answer to those questions. And I guess then third is then how they then ask the next question based on what they've just heard. And I say to them, if you get those three things right, you know, you will be great at sales. You know, you don't need to talk really well. You don't need to be full of yourself about how great your products and services are. You don't need to be massively enthusiastic. You need to be enthusiastic, but not over the top enthusiastic. And you don't need to be pushing. You don't need to talk the hind legs off with all that sort of stuff. So great tip from Michael. So stop listening to ourselves. Start listening to customers. Now, for those of you who heard the episode with Laurie Gilbertson, you'll know that Laurie used to be a former trial judge and now she coaches uh, lawyers and uh, court lawyers and she works with businesses as well on the, on the way they come across and particularly with their presentation skills. And this is a link, you know, back to what, uh, what Michael was saying in tip number six. So tip number seven from Laurie is simply this, that whenever you're doing a pitch or a presentation, demonstrate you have thought about your audience. And you can do that, particularly do that at the beginning of the presentation or pitch. How many times have you sat through a presentation or pitch and the first five, ten minutes is all about the person who's pitching or presenting? Hey, this is us and this is where we came from and this is how long we've been here and this is our complete range of products and services. (laughs) Oh, God, is that interesting or not? No, of course it isn't. It's really dull. And, you know, don't forget the four things I say to people when I'm working with them on presentations is that you've got to engage your audience, you've got to educate them, you've got to enthuse them, and to a degree, you've got to entertain them. And to engage your audience, if you get in there very early and demonstrate, as Laurie says, that you've thought about them, then that's going to, you know, really help you get your presentation underway and get their attention and create, you know, get their interest throughout. So Laurie's top tip, number seven, demonstrate you've thought about your audience. Right, number eight. Nicholas Vandenberg. Nicholas runs a business in New York called Chili Piper. They have this very clever bit of software that helps organizations who've got lots of emails and phone calls and messages coming in, make sure they respond to them all and quickly. And as part of what they do, they did some research. And that research discovered that 78% of deals, okay, go to the company that responds first. Now, if ever there was a real piece of factual data <laughs> that made you think about how you respond to inquiries from customers, that is it. So you know, that's a four in five chance that you'll get the business if you're first out the blocks. Okay. So people do, don't they? You know, they'll do their they'll send out four or five emails, they'll maybe make four or five calls. Uh, because they've they've got a product, you know, they're interested in your product or service, but they're also talking to your competitors about the same thing. So there we go. Respond quickly, according to Nicholas, and you will increase your chances significantly getting the business. It's not guaranteed, of course, because it's seventy eight percent, but it is worth doing. Is and remember, you know, this is a number I've banged on about loads of times. It is reckoned, and I've seen I've seen this several times from different sources. That are in the business-to-business sector, around 90% of people are now making their minds up who they want to work with before they even make contact with the company. So if if you're if you get a call or you get an email, or you get a text in the B2B sector, there's a very good chance that they're already decided you are the one they want to work for, or at least you're on the short list. Okay. And if you're on the short list, you be need to be respond quickly. And if you are number one and they're the first person you've sent it to then, you know, if you if you take ages or, you know, even 24 hours to get back to them with anything at all, 
they may have moved on because we know sales is about momentum, isn't it? And when I when I contact you and I say, hey, I'm interested in your product or service, I've got real momentum. And if you don't respond, then that momentum will gradually fall away. And then by the time you do respond, I've pro- I may have lost momentum, I may have changed my mind about the product or service, I may have changed my mind about you. So you need to get in there and get that to happen. Right, number nine, Ruben Schwartz. Ruben was a recent guest on the podcast and we were talking about sales proposals. Now, I'd be amazed if you if you as listeners have never, ever found yourself in a situation where you've sent out a sales proposal, a written sales proposal, and you've never heard from the company that you sent it to ever again, even though when you were talking to them, they sounded really enthused, you know, they were really up for it, and you were convinced they were going to buy. You send them a proposal, and they, you, you know, you never get back to you. And then you send them an email, don't you, you say, have you read my proposal, and all that stuff, and they didn't reply to that either. So here's three, well, here's one big top tip from Ruben. So this is Ruben's tip. Uh, It's a great one. You know, it's a really great tip, this. And, I, you know, it's good that you think, well, that's really obvious and very simple. And it is. But how many of us do this? So what Ruben says is either print out or highlight on your screen your sales proposal. And he says use three colors to highlight bits of the proposal. So go through the proposal. Everything that's about the potential customer highlighting green. Okay, so that's all the benefits they're going to get. This is not the features of your product or service. This is the benefits they're going to get. So by using us, you will see a growth in, you will get it easier, you will solve your problem, all that sort of stuff. Everything that's about them in green. Anything that's like a bit confusing or jargony, you know, or you, you, you know, there's a danger they don't know what you're talking about, put that in yellow. And then anything about you, so this is who we are, this is how great we are, this is the awards we've won, this is our team on a brilliant night out, all that nonsense, put that in red. And then have a look at the colour coding that you've got, because ideally your proposal should be largely green, okay? No yellow, very little red. That should be the ideal mix. And I bet you any money you like that when you do this as a random exercise to a proposal you sent out recently, There'll be a lot of red on there. There'll be some green and there'll be some yellow. Okay, and that because that's how that's how it is. You know how many sales proposals go out and the first page is all about you. Oh, let's face it. How un- uninteresting is that ultimately? But remember, ninety percent of people have already sussed you out. They know all about you. You don't need to tell them again. All they they've got to the point where all they want to know is whether your product or service will work for them and how it will work for them and what they'll get from it. That's what they want to know. And it's a bit like presentations. You know, if you're doing a, going to do a presentation, don't start the first five minutes all about you. You know, go back to the lorries, tip number seven. Okay, right, that's tip number nine. Finally, Angela Mulrooney. Angela came on and talked about LinkedIn. And uh, Angela offered up three things for you to think about on LinkedIn. Your professional headline, your about section and video content. So if you're on LinkedIn, which I imagine most of you are on listening to this podcast, then have a little check of your professional headline. You know, that's the bit under your picture and all that at the top of the page. And if you haven't done anything with it, it will default to your job title and where you're working. So if it says sales manager XYZ Corporation, then that chances are you've not actually put that in yourself. It's defaulted from your current job title. And don't forget, if you've got one or two uh, concurrent things, so sometimes people have a a job and then they have something they do as a volunteer as well, maybe. Whatever you've got at the top of your list in your current experience, it's live. 
that will be the one that will show. You've got 220 characters in that professional headline. So use it as a mini elevator pitch. Tell me in 220 characters why I should be interested in working with you. That's a really great thing to do. You're about section. Don't write it like a CV. Every, you know, when, when you know, a lot of people, you know, this is the job, this is what I do. And don't write it in the third person. Trevor is good at this, you know, or whatever it is. Write it with a bit of clarity about you and a bit of emotion and a bit of purpose. But write it about you. This is what you do. Give examples. You don't have to name names. Because well, I worked, you know, with a company X recently, uh, and uh, I worked with individual Y, and I helped them really become more confident and deliver their presentations. Or I helped, you know, you know, you know, person X, you know, who was a, was a salesperson with a large organization, and they were really struggling to make an impact with their customers. So we worked on a, you know, that sort of thing. So it's almost a few sort of cleverly worded testimonials, if you like, as well. And then video content. You know, how many are you using, if you're on LinkedIn, how many of you are posting video content? You know, short videos. Okay. And it's easy to do. You can do it straight on your phone. You don't have to download it, faff around, edit it, mess about. You can just do it. But it's still, again, you know, there's not too much video content on LinkedIn at the moment. Not personalized content. There's people sharing video, you know, that other people have created. You know, use your video content to do a messaging. So uh, make that work for you as well. So there we go. There are the 10 top tips. Now, I'll put them all in the show notes. Okay, so you can go through them in the show notes and pick them up. If you do like this podcast, then do please share it. Comment on it on LinkedIn. And if you're listening to it um, and uh, it is Monday the 13th of June and you want to join the session <laughs> on uh, on the 14th of June, then I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Now, it is at 10 a.m. British summertime, so I know for a lot of you listeners in the States, that clearly won't work for you. Now, the other, the other, I'm doing a second one this week as part of that business festival, and that is how to launch um, and sustain a business podcast. Now, I'm not saying I'm the greatest guru in the world about business podcasts, but I do have, you know, 220 episodes, 220 episodes, including this one. And I've done 90 episodes of my Running 44 at 60 podcast. So if you're thinking about launching a podcast for your business, now that's on Thursday and that's at 4 p.m. British summertime. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. So it doesn't, you know, if you're in different parts of the world, hopefully you might be able to make that one as well so yeah it's free it's about 45 minutes it'll be pretty fast-paced and action-packed um don't forget if you you know if you like this podcast do leave a review and if you leave a review then i've still got a few copies to give away of my book which is 10 business lessons from running an ultra marathon which i did in 2021 i wrote the book at the end of 2021 all you need to do is leave me a review screenshot it and then send a screenshot to uh, podcast at trevorleemedia.co.uk. Don't forget to include your name and postal address. doesn't matter where in the world you are, and I'll send you a, a copy of the book. I'll inscribe it, and I'll send you a copy of the book. Right, thanks for listening. Uh, may see you tomorrow on Tuesday, if you're listening to this on Monday the 13th, or may see you on Thursday the 16th for the uh, How to Launch and Sustain a Business podcast. I look forward to that. If you can't make either of those, then the next episode will be coming out soon. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye.